This episode of Star Wars Action News Celebration 6 coverage was recorded live on Friday, August 24th, 2012 in the Star Wars Celebration 6 Collector Social Area. Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. is Star Wars Action News' coverage of Star Wars Celebration 6 in Orlando. Hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Join us at SWActionNews.com for all your Star Wars Celebration collecting news. And every week as we help Star Wars collectors collect better. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Star Wars Action News Live podcast. I'm Arnie. I'm Marjorie. I'm Steve, the Ginger Prince. Thank you for coming, and we are going to talk about what Steve did at the convention this time, because Marjorie, I don't know that we've, we've spent maybe a combined total of four hours on the floor. I've spent about 40 minutes. And I've spent about, yeah, three hours. So, yeah, we're, we're getting about four hours in there. I think I've done about double that. I must have done about eight hours on the floor and in various panels. So I'm winning. What have you done? Because I really have, I've bought four T-shirts in a span of 20 minutes, and that's about it. I've accumulated uh, six autographs over the two days, which is fantastic. Uh, culminated in meeting Ian McDermott today. Oh, how'd that go? A pleasure. Uh, good, actually. We sort of went in and I told him uh, that I thought he was robbed of an Oscar for Revenge of the Sith. And then as he started to uh, sign his name, he said Oscar McDermott instead of Ian McDermott. Uh-oh. To start again, so... Oh, no. Yeah, Wait, was it your item or was it a photo? No, it was just a, a template, so... Okay, so that's better. Bother. Yeah, not, not a priceless book. book. No, no, not a priceless book. Because that would have been terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I've done a, a number of other panels as well. Uh, probably my favourite was the Disney panel. Uh, yesterday. Uh, I didn't used to be a, a massive Disney fan, but uh, Suzanne sort of won me around with the Disney stuff. And uh, yeah, I was really surprised at how much love uh, Disney are, are giving the Star Wars crossover uh, items. Um, so there seemed to be quite a bit there that I'd be up for, including that they're going to release a, a vinyl nation Akbar in Series 3. So you know my love for Akbar, and uh, I'll definitely be picking that up. Um, the probably the bit that they were they were pushing the most at the uh, Disney panel was the uh, Cars crossover stuff. Uh, they've just opened the Cars Land at uh, Disney California, Disneyland in California, and um, they're doing a, a line of Star Wars crossover stuff. Um, so you're going to have. Uh, Mater as Darth Vader uh, and so on, you know, they're doing the different characters um, as different Star Wars characters uh, and the, the crowd really seemed to like that. I don't like the film Cars myself but um, it, they did look quite cool and they're actually going to be giving away trading cards, uh, trading cards with these different characters on from the booth, so if you want something else to collect as if there's not enough already, um, then that might be a decent item to go for. I don't know, I mean first they did the Mickey Mouse mashups and I was really down with that then they did the Muppets because Disney bought the Muppets. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I actually like the Muppets better than Mickey Mouse. But I kind of went down that road with Mickey Mouse and I was done. Now Cars and I don't know. I, I think I would almost prefer a mashup of like Mater and a Land Speeder or something like that versus mashing up a car with Darth Vader. I think that that's going to run a really short course real fast. I mean, how are you going to mash a car with Luke Skywalker? You can give it a blue lightsaber and a blonde hair, and that's about all you can do. They, they did, because uh, Luke Skywalker is the Lightning McQueen character, if you know cars. Um, and I think he, he was sort of rebel pilot mashed up. And I, I was surprised at how good they looked, actually. I, I, where it comes to cars, I'm more sort of sarcastic than anyone, but... Uh, 
Yeah, I actually quite like the look of them. I think it's going to do quite well. So they're little cars then? Um, I just to make sure that yeah, 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 they like start like little, little cars, but, cars yeah. and they're Star Warsy in the movie cars. I've yeah, never yeah. seen the movie, and I probably me and you were no, probably on the same page as that. Yeah, it's the the least the, the least good of the Pixar movies. I've never even seen it. So we actually we saw the first half. We turned it off midway through. It's the only Pixar movie I couldn't finish. I just that is how I felt about cars. And that's how memorable it was then. But I mean, Disney's already done cars. Remember, they had like little cars that was C-3PO as a vehicle. I have like the 1930s uh, gangster car stormtrooper and things. So they've already gone down this path. I don't know. I, I'm said before I'm over mashups. I'm, I'm not feeling that. I'm glad the audience was. I'm guessing it was probably a very more Disney audience than I am. I, I, even as a kid was far more, I guess, Hanna-Barbera than Disney. Just, really? Yeah. No one is Hanna-Barbera. I know. I know. <laughs> Carter's shaking his head. No, that's that's a fail. <laughs> oh, got another person in the audience. So give me a thumbs up on the Hanna Barbera. So is that the Six Flags theme park that you guys get, or is it like the Silver Dollar City? You guys are more Silver Dollar City, aren't you? It was I don't even know what that is. I think we're a step above the cereal mascots at the Mall of America. Is where we're at. <laughs> well, I don't even know what cartoon that is. It's like, the, yeah, Yogi Bear. They had the the race car one. Yeah. Never yeah. liked it. Sorry. Hong Kong Fu is awesome. How, how we end up together is a mystery. <laughs> what, now, I know with the Vinylmations, you were talking about getting the Leia. You ended up passing on that. I, I did, because here's the thing. I, I'm not really a Disney fan. I, I really... The ears, okay, that's got ears, but now every single one has ears, and it's just like Star Wars characters with ears. I can pass. I may just get a few key and cute ones. Like, if they made a Jar Jar, I'd have to get it. And you have a Greedo one, thanks to Baron. But I just, I don't think I need all of them, and I think I will just pick and choose and buy just the ones I like. Plus, I do not need the added hassle and stress of collecting a Disney item. Because Star Wars items are stressful enough. If you add Disney into it, you are competing with people who know their stuff. But we already have Droid Factory, so what's another log on the fire? Yeah. <laughs> the other item that really struck me in their presentation was that they're doing this really cool, articulated, uh, salacious crumb. Uh, so it's a sort of a latex, uh, not a puppet, but a, you know, a latex salacious crumb, but with a wire frame inside so that you can bend him and pose him as you want. And he comes with a, a, a little pillow, and it's about probably about 30 to 40 centimeters high. Uh, yeah, and it's going to be limited edition as well. So that was something that I thought you know could sell quite well. Is it a real salacious crumb then, or is it a salacious crumb that's crossed over with beaker? No, it's a real salacious crumb. Uh, this is the kind of stuff I like. I like it when Disney makes things that can't be made other places. I like those kinds of exclusives. When we went to Disney a while ago, Disneyland last year, getting the R2-D2 cup, popcorn thing, you know, anything that's actual Star Wars that they're finding a licensed way to do. The Star Tours figures. I love the Star Tours figures when they did those. The Captain Rex and all those exclusive figures. I like it when they keep it more true to the universe. And speaking of, who was at the Hasbro panel earlier? Anybody go to the Hasbro panel? Hasbro announced they are taking the line in a new direction. Well, they're still going to have Droid Factory, which is still going to be collector-oriented, still going to be aimed squarely at us with high articulation, high price points. They're going to have a new line of vehicles. They're doing the Class 1 vehicles, which are the mini-rigs. You know, you had the little... Uh, transport, the Yavin transport and things like that. They're going to now come with two figures and a ship and they're going to be a play in one vehicle so you'll have a battle droid and Obi-Wan Kenobi and an MTT and things like that. But the Class 2 vehicles, which are what we consider the standard vehicles, the Jedi Starfighter line, all of those, those are actually getting reduced in price to $20. They're also getting reduced in size to about a 6 to 8 inch length. And they're going to have a lot of paint detail, but they say they're scaling it down because vehicles need to have kid affordability, kid play, and this is something that a young child can pick up and fly around. Now, they're, they're doing a 
Jedi Starfighter and a Republic tank to start. And those two don't strike me as all that odd because the scale on those, it's not like the actual items are to scale anyway. They're a little too small. The third one's kind of a head scratcher. They're doing Jango Fett Slave 1. Now, this is a Slave 1 that's about 9 inches long. It's, a, it's smaller than the Code 3 replica was. It's got a very nice paint job on it for Hasbro. It's got a $19.99 price point. Not aimed at collectors, but scaled so that you can actually put a 3 and 3 quarter inch figure in it. Very, very tight fit. There's not the room that you normally have when you put a figure in a vehicle. It's very, very snug. I was surprised it actually did. I know they said it would fit in, but when we played with them out on the floor there, when we interviewed them before, um, I was surprised that you actually were able to squeeze a figure in the, you know, really tight fit. I thought it's an interesting way to take it. I don't know how much appeal it's going to have to collectors. It's not aimed at collectors. You take this plus what Hasbro announced. They didn't even talk about it today in their panel at San Diego Comic-Con with their re-release of getting back into the 12-inch scale and doing unarticulated 12-inch figures or very limited points of articulation. The blasters don't come out of the hands and things like that. They're really focusing on kids as the lifeblood of the Star Wars universe and trying to stay some collector-oriented lines but doing this. And so there, any regular vehicles, any Jedi Starfighters or Vulture Droids and things that we've been getting are now only going to be coming out as exclusives starting in 2013. Hmm. Yeah, they're still going to do the big vehicles. Um, they trailed the uh, the BMF in the new vintage packaging again, so that's still going to be uh, there for you. But you're right, the, the uh, larger size, the $30 price point seems to be disappearing completely. So it was interesting. They did show some new figures. I'm really excited about the return to the Droid Factory line. I think that they've got some great figures coming out. They teased that Mara Jade may be coming out on a vintage card. Now, she's coming out on a Droid Factory card. They said if you wait long enough, she'll be coming out on a vintage card. Now, the line's been going on, we talked about this, for 12 years since they relaunched, or no, 17 years. So we may have to wait a while, but it eventually we'll get Mara Jade on the card. It's a Mara Jade from the cover of the Legacy of the Force book. Yeah, it's the black jumpsuit. Um, she comes with lit and unlit lightsabers. And uh, I don't know if you've seen... Uh Talking, going back to Disney, I don't know if you've seen Brave, but the new Mara Jade figure for me seems to have hair to rival Merida. Really orange, really gingery. So outside of Hasbro, I mean, they didn't have the exclusive here. One collector who was actually fairly rude took up the task because they were asked, why didn't you have a exclusive here? And they're like, well, we chose to do the Brian's Toys instead. It worked out better with Brian's Toys. Somebody else came out and literally was really rude to the Hasbro panel going... I think what you're saying is crap because there's no way you would have had it because Jocasta News is not coming out till next year, so how can you say that it's instead of this? And i got to give Daryl and the team props for handling that with much more aplomb than I would have. Yeah, they dealt with it with incredible politeness. I'd have told them where to go. <laughs> So, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought some of the figures there looked really good. Um, one that particularly interested me was they're doing a, a Cloud City Darth Vader. Um, so he's sort of got his hand posed um, so that you could do the, you know, when he's in, invites him for dinner on Cloud City. But he's also got a, a blast effect so that, you know, when hand shoots and he deflects the blast and then, uh, uh, you know, force lifts his gun away from him. And I, I think they, they said that there'll be a hand coming later down the line that sort of... Uh, uh, has the opposite pose to that, so it, that might work nicely for a, a diorama. They also showed uh, some two-packs, you know, the, the special action figure uh, two-packs, and they showed the Ewok pair, um, and they also showed uh, a couple of trios, and my standout figure from those was definitely uh, an improvement on the gonk droid. My uh, bugbear with the old gonk droid is that it's incredibly difficult to stand up. In fact, without blue tack or some sort of magical figure stand, it was nigh on impossible to get that gonk to, to stand. Um, they've sort of done a, a, a repaint on it. It's got a lovely sandy colour scheme, uh, and they promised that it, it will be able to stand up this time, so I'll definitely be picking that one up. Oh, this one's out now. This is one of the Target exclusive three-packs that came out a few weeks ago. And you can Not in the UK, Arnie. Well, Not in the UK. 
You're not in the UK. There's a Target about three miles from here. Right, so we may be picking up that up before we go on then. And the top comes off. You can see inside the gonk droid. It is a good set, but Hasbro didn't have a lot of reveals. A lot of the stuff they were showing is stuff that's out. They say it's coming out you know, later. They showed the Ewok set. They showed the pilot set. It said coming October. I'm hoping that means I still have a shot at them because they're already sold through at my stores. Hmm. One of the things that they mentioned in that panel uh, was something of particular interest to me and possibly the lovely Suzanne as well. Um, they revealed that they're going to be doing a toy exhibition in Paris, actually in the, the Louvre, the Art Museum. Uh, and it's a an exhibition that's going to trace back 35 years of the history of Star Wars toys, because apparently one of the, the main uh, curator folk at Louvre has a real interest in, in Star Wars collecting and Star Wars toys, uh, and that, they're going to put that exhibition on. Um, so yeah, there's, there's an opportunity to take Suzanne to Paris for a weekend and me to get some Star Wars in at the same time. Outside of Hasbro, have you done a lot of shopping here, Steve? We've spent about, what, three times more than we budgeted so far? I was not aware of any budget, I'll be honest. That's because when I knew when I blew past it, I didn't want you to go, what about the budget? I really don't know what that word means. Uh, I wouldn't say a great deal of shopping, uh, to be honest. We've done the celebration store, uh, probably did a, a couple of hundred dollars there. The key thing was, of course, picking the plushy Akbar up with the, uh, it's a trap. Uh, nice little voice feature. And what, what was great was the uh, he made an Akbar face for the podcast listeners. He actually stuck out the lips and grew some tendrils down his chin. Yeah, that was that was me, not the toy. Um, so yeah, we, we we shopped at the celebration store. We've done that. I also picked up the Akbar Mimoko thumb drive. Uh, but short of that, it, just little things really. We've, we've not really walked the floor in terms of looking at each and individual vendor. We'll probably do that towards the end of the week when we might be able to angle a few bargains. We haven't had a lot of time to walk the floor much. I did get a chance today for the first time to walk the floor. I saw a lot of vintage stuff. I have to say, compared to Celebration 5, I am far more impressed with the number of toy vendors here that have brought just a wide variety of toys from 1978 to this year. And some of the prices were extravagant. I walked past one booth where they had vintage figures for $40, $50, $70. And I'm talking the new vintage stuff that shipped a few weeks ago for $70. But I also walked past another booth that had that lost card look line of wave of figures that just shipped a while ago. $10 a figure. And I mean, that's a great price. You don't have to pay any shipping unless you're shipping them from here. And so there were good prices to be had. And there's one booth that I was being told about that has just a ton of actual vintage items, the stuff from 78 to 83, and it's somebody who's getting out of collecting and just a lot of bargains on a lot of rare mint and package vintage items on the floor. Compared to last time where I felt the entire floor was very retailer-specific, such as General Giants and those kinds of people, this time I feel like the toy shops, the hobby shops have really come out to sell their goods. Yeah, some of the bigger retailers haven't, haven't come to sell, really. They've just come to display and show off. So I think that's encouraged that a few more of the actual vendors are ready to sell, sell off. I know Jerry found a, a, a bargain this morning. I know he, he was picking up some vintage playset bits um, that, he, that he was pleased with. Yeah, I get it. I'm looking forward to getting a chance to go down there. I think that's a good wait-till-Sunday activity for me, first of all, because we're kind of busy in the social area. And second of all, the dealers like that are always more willing to haggle when they're starting to look at having to pack it up and carry it back home. So one of the people out on the floor is Think Geek. And that's a shop I do shop at quite a bit online. They have amazing things all the way from bacon hot sauce to the Wampa Rug, if you guys are familiar with that. Which is great, cool stuff. We've got Steve Zimmerman here from Think Geek to come up and talk about some of the items they've got at the convention. <laughs> Hi guys, thank you. And how is everybody? <laughs> We're tired. I'm sure. You must it's, be tired it's, too. It's been a long con so far, and it's only yeah. halfway through day two. So exactly. I know. It's it's Friday, but it's Friday. So, well, one of the cool things which you guys kind of teased on your Twitter account, which if you guys don't follow Think Geek on Twitter, you really need to. They're fun. Timmy is awesome. I love Timmy. 
Um, they've got a tea infuser. That's the Death Star. This it's, is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's really cool, and I've been looking forward to it because you guys have teased this before, haven't you? Uh, we started teasing it, uh, I guess maybe about a month and change ago, and we were in production with it for a while and working with Lucas and Lucasfilm to get the licensing taken care of and get it to where we're both parties were really happy with what it uh, was coming down to, and we just got it into our warehouse last week and got it very, very quickly here for Celebration, and right now it's only available at Celebration. Um, as of Monday, it will go live on our site, but we're running a special deal with it now that you can get it, along with some of the um, the Dagobah green tea, which is a lovely scent of green tea if you're interested in things like that. Yeah, it's really great to get both together, and the tin is just amazing, if you guys haven't seen that. It's one of those things that we're really happy with. Um, we've worked very hard with Lucas to come up with something that everybody's happy with in terms of what the brand looks like and how it's represented, and we also work with a very small coffee shop out in Ohio that mixes our blends, our coffees, and our teas for us, so it's, uh, it's come together very nicely, and the tea ball is doing exceptionally well. Um, it's shiny and pretty, and so either it can be sat and collected nicely or used very, very functionally. And what other kind of new things do you have down in the booth? Because I saw some new notebooks, I think. We do have some new, some new uh, Moleskine-branded notebooks, uh, day planners and journals and things like that. And then we also are very, very proud to announce and launch here at Celebration a several new Star Wars products that we're actually going to be coming out with in the very, very near future. Um, there's, we have the prototypes down in the booths right now, and so people can come by and take a look at those. And they range from, we've got a Wampa ice scraper. Okay, a Wampa ice it's scraper, awesome. Which is, it's really, really fun. Um, it's Harvesting the wampas is a kind of a pain, but it's um, it'll keep your mitt warm and you'll be able to scrape the ice from your car, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's like a long glove. Oh yeah, no, it's a long glove. It, I mean, I'm average size guy and it comes up to my elbow easily. Oh wow! So it's pretty great. Uh, we've got a Millennium Falcon bottle opener, which will be out in middle of October. We just got that prototype in, um, and it's got magnets, so it'll stick to your fridge really well. And it's actually it's got some heft to it, so it's it's nice to open bottles of sarsaparilla and things like that. And that was a diamond. And select item, isn't it? Yep, that you guys are selling. Yep, it's a diamond select item. Uh, we've been working with them closely, and thankfully, we've got a little bit of our branding on the box as well. So we'll be carrying that as an exclusive for a little bit, which is pretty fantastic. Okay, but the one thing we're going to need here in Orlando, you haven't talked about yet. One thing. Ah, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> if you're familiar with ThinkGeek and the way ThinkGeek operates, we take a great amount of pride in April Fool's Day. Um, if you visit us, if you visit our site on April 1st, please, please do so with a grain of salt and caution. Um, the Tauntaun sleeping bag is one of the examples of things that were an April Fool's Day product and that we made real and because we kind of could and we wanted to. This next one we have coming up is in mid-November. It is the Lightsaber Ice Pop Maker. Um, we have the prototype blank right now actually down there. It's uh, direct from China and I stole it from our R&D department and ran. Um, it will be available mid-November and I think it will retail for $34.99. Uh, what it is is essentially you pour your juice uh, or whatever you want to make an ice pop out of into the mold, stick a little stick into it and then freeze it like you would any other ice pop, and then you'll be able to screw lightsaber handles into it. So when you pull out the pop, it looks like a lightsaber. It will be fully colored and painted. And the real kicker is, it will light up. So it's oh my not gosh! Nice pop. All right, I was about to ask that as a joke. I was about to say, well, does it light up? Oh, it absolutely does. Um, I think we've got two Luke green sabers, and you'll get two Vader red, and that's what will come with the kit. That's awesome. It'll be fully painted. It's, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I can't that's wait for it. Cool. Are you running special at your booth if you buy $50 worth of merchandise? Yep. If you buy $50 worth of merchandise, we have, uh, working with again with Lucasfilm, we were able to create a T-shirt um, and with a little bit of a logo on it, and kind of it's Timmy spoofing on Darth Vader a little bit. And for $50, we, you get the shirt for free. It's a limited run. It is essentially our true con exclusive, and we've only got 250 of them. So once they're gone, they're gone, and we are starting to sell out, so certain sizes are no longer available. I had to get one. I, I admit it. I have a shirt problem, so that's why I think Geek is good. Well, it's, it's, it's in the classic postcard <laughs> yeah. style. So you come to Orlando, it's visit Orlando, then absolutely visit Celebration as well. Absolutely. So, Anything else you can tell us to expect from Think Geek? Uh, let's see. We've got one more Star Wars thing that's coming up. It's the, um, everybody knows Han frozen in carbonite. It's kind of a classic image. We have developed a business card holder that looks like the, I guess, what Han looks like when he's being transported into uh, Jabba's palace. And if you click on the two buttons on the side, 
the bottom will shoot out of it and it will distribute, um, it'll hold, I think, 10 business cards. And that'll be available, I'm going to call it, end of September. And that'll be $24.99. And what are the dimensions on that? Uh, dimensions on that are actually that of an iPhone. So if you have um, an iPhone 4, it'll be pretty much the exact measurement. It might have a little bit more weight to it, but that'll be about it. Now, you mentioned, you know, working with Lucas Licensing. Given that a lot of your products are somewhat a bit more unique and a bit more humorous, you've got, you know, your Tauntaun sleeping bag, I think, is perhaps the most famous item, right. although uh, in our house, the dark roast coffee is perhaps the most famous item. More, we bought it for the bag, and we kept buying it for the beans. Right. So, but does Lucasfilm have a good sense of humor, the, the representatives there? They do. Um, working with Lucasfilm, it's, they're one of the great licensors to actually do stuff with. Um, because um, they get it to a certain degree. They're willing to have some fun with it. And once we've proven that we knew what we're doing with the brand and that we are true to the brand and we are geeks ourselves and we understand it, that they're willing to give us a little bit of leeway and with what we can play with and what we can't. Not everything makes it through um, just because that's the way that it works, but they allow us to have some fun with it. And so we try to as much as possible. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for coming up on the My show. My pleasure. Thank you guys very much for having me. I look forward to doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, talk about your stuff all the time. From Again, your exclusives are some things that are just easier to find through you guys. I, are, are the umbrellas, ex- the lightsaber umbrellas, are those exclusive through you guys? I don't think the lightsaber yeah. umbrellas are exclusive. Um, we tried to develop one, uh, much like our Blade Runner umbrella, that actually has the glowing ha- um, the glowing rod at the center. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lucasfilm is very, very uh, particular about what they qualify as a lightsaber glow and so we haven't been able to do that and so no they're not exclusive but you can you can always find what is exclusive to us by visiting our website okay well thank you again thank you guys very much So what all did you buy at ThinkGeek? I'm seeing things being brought out for the first time. Okay. Well, I did buy the Dagobah green tea because, well, it's cute. And, well, I bought the tea ball. So I had, it was kind of, I had to buy, if I bought one, I had to buy the other. It didn't matter which one I bought first. You do know we've already got that tea. We have bought it in the past. I'm just making sure you're aware you bought a second tin. So if you're buying four of the tin. Hmm. No, I wasn't aware. Because you bought it. I did? Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. So this, the shoe's on the other foot here. Hey, but it's a consumable product. We can drink it. I've got to be entirely honest. When you showed me that on the floor this morning, I thought it was a Hallmark ornament. It's that shiny and Christmassy. I didn't realize it was actually a, a tea strainer. That's kind of what it does look like. It doesn't look very Death Starry. But it, it does have the little dent in it. Yes, it looks like a dented tea strainer. I think some of my favorite purchases have been at the Celebration store so far this year. You mentioned the Admiral Akbar. Mm. They had just a ton of stuff this year, and a lot of it online I didn't think looked so good. And then you see it in person, and it kind of won me over. Like the Tauntaun Hobby Horse, that was something that I really didn't think was a good idea. And I thought, oh boy, that's an easy pass. They're trying to rip off Think Geek, you know, trying to do that kind of thing. And then you see it, and you're like, oh, that's cute. i got to buy that. The, um, the plush Ewoks in the basket, uh, I think a, a big hit. We went down there just before, and we couldn't find any, uh, any of the sets left in the basket. Just a single sad-looking Ewoks. Well, they won't be sad if you take them home, Steve. I'm already taking five home. No more than that, please. Okay. Which one did you double up on? Because there's only four Ewoks. Oh, maybe it's four in a basket, then. Ah, right. Okay. I can't count Oh, no, Ewoks. they're multiplying, Steve. You've got <laughs> yeah, a problem. They're it's like either that or we've got a gremlin-type situation on our hands. So you were able to find a basket, then? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had no problem finding a basket yesterday. But today, as I say, when we went down, none to see. I think another big hit that, that might be selling out if not sold out already are the uh, the retro, the, the vintage magnets. Um, those were going really fast. We were able to get in on the preview night at the store and those things were just selling. They couldn't stock them as fast as they would go. I saw people just grabbing them by the arm load and I do think that those have gone. Those things 
were big. Yeah, what surprised me was just the weight of, of the objects. I didn't expect them to be those dimensions or, or that weight. So for ten dollars as well, you know, I think it's a really good buy if you've managed to get one. I'd say it's about the size of a postcard, which is nice for a magnet. It's a, maybe a three by five type thing. Whereas I thought they were going to be really small magnets. They have really small magnets. You know, like the business card magnets you get. Yeah, like those. Um, what were they called? Those those metal uh, registration plate, license plate mm-hmm. magnets that they brought out. Yeah, the tops had. Yeah, yeah like that's that. what I was expecting it to be. But no, they're definitely postcard sized and they've got some heft to them. You could use them as a doorstop if you didn't fancy using them as a magnet. Uh, big item is that Gamorrean Guard piggy bank, and I was shocked at the size. I, you, when you see a picture online and it's just a face against a white background, that thing could be one inch big. That thing, I expected it to be maybe th- three to four inches long. I thought it was going to be small. This thing's, I'd say, a ten inches long and maybe six to eight inches tall. But now somebody on Facebook said it looks like Angry Birds pigs, and now that's all I can see of it. <laughs> it does. It's definitely sort of football-sized, isn't it? Um, it wouldn't fit in my suitcase on the way home, so I've had to pass on that one. Um, but, yeah, I can now you say the Angry Birds, I can see the resemblance. Yeah, it's, it's uncanny with that. And then there's also that Admiral Akbar plushie, but they really knew to stock that. So I think they've got a ton of that one ready. Yeah, it, every time I've been down, it, it looks decimated, but when you come back the, in the next couple of hours, this, this, these shelves are stocked again. So, yeah, they must have really uh, looked ahead on that one and thought it was going to be a big seller. I plan to stop by and ask Travis, who's running the store, what did sell out and what hasn't, because it looks like a lot of the items there are going through a lot of the statues and things, but without going in and actually trying to buy them, it's hard to tell if they sold out of the Commander Gansh or if they sold out of the Mara Jade statue. And if they didn't sell out of yesterday's statue, will they have them available on Sunday? That's some information I'm going to try to get out of Travis. I'm hearing in the audience that that is the plan. Oh, they sold out of the Mara Jade one. That one was big. I've got to say, at this celebration, I'm impressed by the amount of expanded universe love that I'm finding. I went to the Delray panel where they announced a lot of books. I posted about them on Facebook. And I went to get uh, Jim Lucino's autograph. And at San Diego Comic-Con, if the authors are there, the line's usually three or four people long. So I went up to the booth, and I saw three or four people. I said, is this the line? They're like, no, keep going. Keep going. And I had to go all the way down the aisle. I I saw you there. I was waiting in line for Jim Lucino, and then they came by, and I'm like, we capped it way up there. You are just not getting this autograph today. And the Mara Jade, when they announced that Mara Mara Jade figure went nuts. And when we were there at preview night, everyone was talking about the Mara Jade maquette. Now, I was talking to somebody. The maquettes, those things were crazy. It was like a Chinese market trying to get those. It was because they have the maquettes kept in like a little square booth and you have to go ask for them. And people just crowd around the booth. There's no order. There's no line. And you just ha- it's like trying to get a drink at a really crowded bar. That's the only way I can describe it. And you're trying to wave your 20 and get their attention and they ignore you, and it was a mess. So, I I don't know. I didn't get posters at that time because I thought the posters would just be a problem and they'd get all wrinkled because of the number of people I had to wrestle. Another area that I haven't gotten as much time to spend in as I'd like is that artist exhibit where they have so many prints. I know that Chris Travis won. I knew that one was going to go. It went the first morning. But joining us now is Mark McKenna, the artist who did the Duel of the Twilix print, which Baron got for me. I do have that one. And also did the art for our party shirt that we did with Yak Face. Hello, sir. Hi. How's everybody? Thank you. Doing good. Now, I'm, I see you on Facebook, and I see you posting that this is a really good show for you. Really good. Yesterday, I got spoiled already because um, I had pre-sold uh, 43 of the uh, Star Wars, the Prince, the limited edition Prince, and then I had sold another 20. Today's a little bit slower, but I think a lot of people are still trying to assess the show and see where they want to spend their money. Um, I've been doing shows for 28 years, so c- Comic-Cons, but not Star Wars shows. So I, you kind of get a sense of how they work, you know, Thursday is usually a feely day. Friday is a little bit busier. Saturday is insane. And then Sunday is usually everyone's sleeping in because they got drunk the night before. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow's definitely going to be the biggest day here. I can tell already today has more people than yesterday. I'm noticing in the halls and things. Yesterday I felt it was a little bit Spartan. The uh, 
convention hall, the exhibit floor, they made the aisles a little smaller, so it felt more crowded there. But once you got out of the exhibit floor, the hallways were really empty, and I was wondering about attendance. And now this year, today, I'm seeing the main halls a lot more filled up. I'm seeing a lot more kids. You know, this convention going on when school's going on, and as you know, you've been doing this 28 years, they're mostly in the summer trying to get it when families can come and bring kids. So as we get closer to the weekend, I think this is going to go up exponentially. There was, uh, at 10 o'clock this morning, when I looked out in, in the, you know, just on the foyer going out the door, I couldn't see the end of the line. It was, I, I, I don't know how many people they even expected in here. But um, when we went inside, then all of a sudden it seemed a little like there are spots that are heav- heavily populated and there are other spots that are kind of sparse. But it, it, they're here somewhere, you know. Now, at our party last night, you were there and we had one of your prints that we were giving away. Right. And I think it went to your biggest fan. Marjorie, who was that kid? Logan, yeah. Logan, that's who I couldn't remember. Yeah, they actually came over to me today and said, you won't believe what happened. And then they told me the story and they said they uh, had just uh, purchased a print from me, right? And then they won it. (laughs) What's funny is you you told us a story and I'd like you to tell it again because he won it and I went to his parents and I go, maybe we should give him like a Hallmark ornament. I don't think this is appropriate. And they go, oh, he already has one. Yeah, yeah, so much so much for not appropriate. Because <laughs> he was a young kid. But you were telling us a story where that ever like a white queen. What, what was that? You said you had a story where that something similar happened with a white queen print. Oh, yes, that recently happened. I was actually uh, doing a library presentation upstate New York. And um, I, anybody who, who was part of the uh, presentation, what I did was I gave them a print that I had worked on. And there was a young... And the girls want superhero girl prints. They don't want Batman, right? So I had very limited amount. All I had was this very sexy white queen, January Jones type thing. And the little eight-year-old girl grabs this white queen and she walks out to the car, followed by her mother walking in two minutes later going, this is not appropriate for my daughter. (laughs) And I said I tried to get it away from her, but she was too fast with her hands, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking there's not a whole lot of options there, especially when you start dealing with 90s and beyond comics and things are a little less demure than Firestar in the 80s. Right. You know, it's funny. um, When I did the print for this show, uh, when I gave concept art to Acme to decide what they want to do, one of the pieces I I wanted to originally uh, offer them was uh, Darth Vader, Palpatine, or the Sith Lords, which I thought was a cool piece. And I had it. There's like seven or eight villains on there. And then when I showed them the um, Darth Talon, uh, Alice Sakura, they said, you know, other than Slave Leia, a lot of people don't do the sexy uh, Star Wars women on the prints. And I thought, oh, that's, the, that's a winner then. Also, coming from comic books, we tend to idealize, you know, big, big chest and small little waist on a lot of the women. So. Yeah, I don't know what it says that that's the only one I've gotten so far. I do have others in mind. <laughs> and they're not all of that variety. But, right. sir, thank you so much for coming out to the party last night. I hope yep. you had a good time. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I just keep remembering one of the um, – is it Berent? Yeah, Berent. I just remember him eating a piece of cake, uh, a job his tail, and he, and he said, um, I'm eating a piece of tail. And I said, don't tell your wife that. <laughs> That's okay. Um. (laughs) Thanks for having me, though. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it is telling that a career of someone who's been doing Comic-Cons for so long and Celebration, their first Celebration, breaks their records. And that is a great print if you haven't checked it out. But there are so many great artists over there with all the different styles. The, it, it almost becomes overwhelming because I get in there and there's so much that's good that I almost always I can walk away with nothing because I can't decide and I don't want to spend thousands and I don't want to have to choose. You you had a experience with the artist alley last time. Did you are you buying any prints this time, Steve? No, we're not even approaching the place. I've got to be honest. I, I sort of online in the weeks leading up to celebration, I, I sort of studied the different prints available, and nothing struck me. So um, we, we've not even wandered into that area, which is a, a relief after last year's experience. But from from what I've heard, it's, it's going swimmingly. There's there's none of that queuing problems that, uh, that there was last time around. So yeah, I definitely I have to go there anyway to pick up my Greedo character keys that I broke down and pre-ordered because somebody used logic against me. 
Other than that, I, I have to say there hasn't been a lot of shopping. Most of it's been at the Celebration store. I did get the Kotobukiya R2 units. I did get the Diamond Select R2 unit, thanks to Jay, who's helping us out here. He got one of the limited to 100 pieces R2 units. Yeah, those bus banks seem to have gone uh, really quickly. Yeah, they were completely sold out today. They had a few of the Boba Fetts left when I went this afternoon, and it's only Friday afternoon. Yeah, I wonder why the, the droids are going quicker than the, the, the Boba Fett. Maybe we're all Boba Fetted out. I, I think anymore the astromech collectors are outnumbering the Mandalorian collectors. I think the Mandalorian thing, it had its heyday and when Boba Fett was mysterious, and then they found out Boba Fett was a 10-year-old kid, who, and it kind of now everything's about the astromechs, and they love all the different paint jobs, and you limit something to 100 pieces, and that's instantly going to get people's attention. I think and that is a hurricane I hear. Okay, I want to be sure that's what I was hearing. The hurricane is a coming. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, we're sitting here. I'm hearing that noise on the roof and wondering if that was a storm or the air conditioning. Uh, actually, that's just my stomach rumbling. <laughs> yeah, food is the biggest exclusive here, I think, isn't it? Yes, I'm eating very little and drinking quite a lot, so. Yeah, non-alcoholic so far. No, all alcoholic so far, I'm afraid. <laughs> You're pickled now. Finally, I just want to thank everybody who came out to the party last night. I think that was a great time. Oh, my God, the party was so much fun. We had a ton of gifts. Steve and his lovely wife, Suzanne, dissected the java cake for everybody. The hardest 45 minutes work I've ever done in my life. <laughs> such a demanding thing to do. He just got such a, a wide body to be able to slice through it without it all crumbling in on itself, but it was a, a, a tasty cake and fantastically designed. Steve, honestly, to be completely honest, the reason you got to do it is just because I looked at that and I'm like, no, I'm not cutting that. That is not going to go well. Steve cut it last time. Let's just make him do it again. I get all the messy jobs. But I think it was a good time. There were Star Wars-themed drinks that Marjorie had come up with. Yeah, I had an alcoholic drink for each movie. We had Gwygon Gin, which is a gin and tonic. We had the famous Death Sticks for Episode 2. But it was a good time. We went until past midnight with it. They were shutting us down. They were folding up the tables around us. We were just there still a little inebriated. Gave away thousands of dollars worth of prizes, including that Mark McKenna print. A half dozen or more sideshow 12-inch figures, a full set of Hallmark ornaments, including the not-yet-released one. Uh, thanks to KNC Collectibles for their $100 in gift certificates, and thanks again to Hallmark for everything they donated. Little packs for the kids with thumb wrestlers and all the table decorations and all of that. So... We're about halfway done with the con. Steve, what are you hoping to do in your last two days? Well, I've, I've definitely got one more autograph to get. Uh, it's John Berg, who's uh, one of the, I think he was one of the model makers, but I think he played some of the, the minor mass characters as well. Um, but I think he's only signing at uh, really particular times. So I'm going to have to uh, make sure I'm, uh, I'm at the autograph area at the right time to actually pick that up. Uh, I'm just sort of scanning down my timetable and, and seeing what else I've got on there. Uh, there's another Disney panel that I'm looking to do tomorrow, which is about uh, the new Star Tours ride. We went to Hollywood Studios uh, earlier in the week, and I actually we actually went on the ride six times uh, in one day. So uh, I really enjoyed that. So I thought I'd go and uh, check that panel out. Did um, you ride the Tower of Terror again, Steve? Oh, God, no. No, I'm <laughs> too much of a wuss. Not after last time, Marjorie. You, you, you knew how bad I was last time. Uh, we should have paid for that photo. You know that snapshot you take? We didn't. Neither one of us bought it, I don't think. But no. you and I both had the look that now I, I regret not buying that horrible, horrible picture of us. No, I, I, you will not catch me going on that ride again. Not after the two bad experiences I had. Um, th then on the Sunday... Um, Something that I'm, I'm hearing very, very positive reviews. I was talking to some people at the party last night, and they said it was by far the best thing that they'd done on, on the first day, is Star Wars in 60 Minutes. Now, I've, done the, I've seen the one-man Star Wars show with Charlie Ross and really enjoyed that. And this is the, if I'm, if I'm correct, it's the 30-minute that used to be just the uh, original trilogy, and he's bumped it up to 60 Minutes uh, to include the prequel trilogy uh, as well. And every single person who I talked to about it last night said if you do one thing before the con ends um, 
go and see that show because it's fantastic. So I'm hoping uh, uh, to fit that in on the Sunday. Yeah, we saw Star Wars in 30 minutes. It was one of those things that we tried to do at Celebration 2, couldn't get in, the lines were always too full. Tried to get at Celebration 3, couldn't get in, the lines were always too full. Finally saw it at Celebration 4, and now I would like to see it in 60 minutes. But they're only doing a handful of the shows, too. I think there's yeah, three or four. I think there's one a day yeah. uh, making three or four over the, you know, the days of the comp. I've got to get over and get Ian McDermott's autograph, which is not going to be a quick thing, I'm afraid. And the people who are picking up their tickets, I still have to pick up my tickets. They're doing a numbering system. I'm probably going to be a number that comes up around Sunday at 4 o'clock at night. As I said it right at the start of the, uh, the recording, um, I saw him this morning. And I've, I've got to be honest, it, it was perhaps uh, only an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. So I think you may be, I think you may be all right. Now, how did you, did you have to deal with the numbering system? Was your ticket of a certain certain number? Um, when we got to the uh, line, they were still on number one to number 400, and I had ticket 404. Luckily, the official picks volunteer at the uh, head of the queue is a swan listener. So uh, even though I was 404, I uh, accessed the queue. I, I won't name how swan listener. <laughs> No, don't get them in trouble. But, yeah, I'm going to have to take care of that because I've prepaid, so that is a uh, must-do. I'm also – I have so many panels that I want to go to. There's an action figure customization panel. There's the Star Wars audiobooks behind-the-scenes panel tomorrow. Collect all 2,769, which is Ryan's panel about all the action figures since 1995. I would just love to sit in there and see what he has to say about all of them because we talk about them every week and as I pack them up as we move and then unpack them again, I'm interested to see what kind of insights he has in that. But the thing I have to do tomorrow, and I will find a way to do tomorrow, is the future of Star Wars at 3D. Because that is that is my must do here. And there's two different sessions I have marked. I think they've added a third. Yeah, I believe there are three sessions. And the cool thing is, I think they've got some uh, unique 3D glasses that they're going to give away uh, if if you go into that panel. Um, so they'd be nice to accompany your episode one Anakin pod racing 3D glasses. Yeah, I, I definitely have to do that. I'm hoping that the lines aren't too crazy. And then right now, one thing that we had to miss because of the schedule of the live panel is the season five Clone Wars premiere. And we do have Republic Forces Radio Network, Jerry and Jonathan at that right now. So I'm looking forward to what they have to say because Honestly, I'm of the mindset of something that I have to do and something that's going to be on TV in a couple of months. All right. It's not a celebration-only experience except how it's introduced. Yeah, I figured it would be full. We, uh, we Our friends got in line at 2 o'clock. So, yeah. I, I tell you what I am excited for that I forgot to mention, and I can see just looking around the collector's social area now, people turning up with uh, interesting-looking cardboard boxes, and uh, I'm really interested to see what's inside, because, of course, we've got the, uh, the swap meet coming up next, and uh, it, I feel like I've been on a constant swap meet the last day and a half, picking up free things and swapping them with other people, so I feel it's already begun on a small scale. Uh, patch collectors are crazy. I just got to say, right now, I never knew about patch collectors. I had heard about patch collectors. I'd heard about the 501st patch swap at a couple previous celebrations because I knew 501st was doing them. But once we started volunteering here in the social area and once we got our own patches, we found out very quickly that everybody wants to know about the patches. And they come up and go, where are the patches? Well, which set of patches? There are a dozen set of patches. There's apparently a huge Millennium Falcon being made out of 26 different patches. There's a smaller Millennium Falcon being made out of 8 patches. There's a patch set that has a Millennium Falcon in it, so if they say the one with the Millennium Falcon, which one with the Millennium Falcon? There's the ones that the fan sites are doing. There's the one that the fan clubs are doing. And this room was completely full to capacity when the Ohio DC Star Wars Collecting Club was handing out their patches yesterday. And that was chaos and anger and 
confusion and people yelling and people blaming me and people, I'm like I don't know anything about a patch. I, I've picked up so many patches. I'm considering buying a, a denim jacket when I get home. Um, maybe even go double denim and put it on the jeans as well. I'm telling you, someone needs to costume as Patch Man as the next celebration. Oh, someone already has done it. Man. <laughs> Well, see, you could still do it, Steve. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, I must have between 10 and 20 already, and I haven't yet sat down and figured out which bits go with which or whether each are unique patches. It's going to be an interesting uh, experience when I sit, actually sit down and look at what I've got. Trading the patches is apparently the way to go. So if you get a full set of two, then you're able to trade one of your spares for something else and go from there. And it is absolutely insane. It has opened my eyes to a new avenue of collecting at this convention to realize what it is to be a patch collector. It is something that I just thought, no big deal. I didn't realize how many patches there were and how many people just love patches. Talking about trading, I'm wondering how much trading of the start that people have picked up is going to go on tonight as well. I, I think there's going to be quite a bit of the Star Tots. Those have been another really hot item. Oh, they're fantastic little items. We picked up the um, Death Squad Commander. and Just the care that's gone into the design and the actual... When we went to your panel uh, yesterday, um, the care that's gone into developing it on the, the old concepts of the, the treetops, uh, it's just a fabulous idea and uh, I can see a lot of people striving to... Uh, and collect all of them through swapping. Yeah, and the swap meet is tonight. I think we're going to see a lot of very cool, rare, unusual items, as well as a lot of patches, a lot of star tots, cereal boxes, medallions. So that is our show for today. We are going to be doing another live show tomorrow at noon. We will be joined by the voice of the Star Wars audiobooks that have been coming out recently. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.